What's up, folks? Thank you for tuning in to the Progression Project podcast. I am your host, Eric Antonson. Today's guest on the show is Scotty. You know him as Foil Wizard on Instagram. Uh, before we jump into the show, let me um, address something real quick that I think is of importance for anyone listening. Um, I got some shit, I would say, from Foiled Again the other day about promoting the Unifoil 190. Um, and just so you guys know where I'm coming from on the show and like the deal that I did with Big Wins or, or any of this stuff, um, I ride everything. I have no brand allegiance outside of what I enjoy riding. And the deal that I did with Big Wins is that um, it's the only shop that I'll promote on the show and they're hooking me up with gear, but I left it open to ride anything from anybody. So, you know, I'm testing an Armstrong right now, which I don't think Big Wins even sells Armstrong. Um, and that's because I feel like if I can't be objective and open, honest about what I'm feeling, then the show would really suffer. And so I stayed away for a lot for, um, I stayed away for a long time from associating with any brand specifically. Now at the beginning of the show, I did love the Unifoil and the Unifoil 190. I mean, it was a groundbreaking, uh, foil and basically changed the industry. And so I stand behind that and anyone who bought a Unifoil based on that, I'm stoked, but I didn't get a penny from it. Um, so, and I didn't even really get any free wings. My son did. My son got a 150. Um, so just so you know, the show is in no way associated with any brands. I don't get any kickbacks from anybody. Um, I do get to test gear from big wins and maybe a foil now and then, but, um, everything I say about foils is completely objective and honest. And it's the only way I want to do the show. And it's why I stayed away from, um, you know, taking a sponsorship or anything from, from any specific brand because show would suffer and I didn't want that. So, um, I love this conversation with Scotty. It is one of my favorite podcasts. He tends to see foiling, uh, very similar to the way that I am now seeing foiling. And it's cool because he's ahead headed in the curve from where I am right now. Um, and so it gave me a window into probably what I'm going to be experiencing over the next few months, year, whatever it takes to get there. Um, but a very similar thought process in, in how he goes through things. And I think it's, uh, some, I think you guys are all going to learn something from Scotty in this show. So let's dive in, uh, support big wins because they are hooking me up with gear to test, which makes the show better because the more I feel, the more I can explain and you get a 10% discount on the Takuma. They also sell lift. We talk about both of those foils, both fantastic, uh, on the show today and enjoy. Thanks for the support. Scotty, thank you for coming on the podcast. How are you? Very good. Thank you for having me. Um, yeah, I'm stoked, man. I've wanted to chat with you for a while. And we missed there for a little bit and then finally come together. So Life is busy. No, I get it. Um, likewise. Um, so to start things out, uh, give a little background for anyone who doesn't know. I guess a lot of the guys who aren't in Hawaii probably don't know much about your background outside of of foil wizard so who, um, who are you let's see 
I'm a surfer. That's for sure. Okay. Um, I started surfing when I was on a boogie board when I was 13. And then I transitioned to a shortboard when I was in high school. And I've liked always writing different sorts of crafts like fishes and longboards and alaya and stand-up paddle boards. And I just like to ride things. So progression naturally ended with these fantastic hoverboards. Um, what else am I besides a surfer? I'm a glass blower. Uh, so I do art at home and my life feels pretty complete right now. To tell you the truth. It's a beautiful thing to be able to say. Do you also play music? Uh, I do a little bit. Like I used to play guitar a lot more. Um, but since all this coronavirus shutdowns, there's no dancing. And so I've, uh, me and my buddy bought ourselves a pioneer, DJ controller and we've been uh mixing it up it's been fun epic um when did you first hop on a foil it was 2017 at uh queens in waikiki there was a some sort of contest with an exhibition uh foiling exhibition and laleo kinimaka was one of the people uh that got to fly out at Queens that day. I had no idea what they were. Um, I remember seeing a couple guys riding them. And I, even at that time, I was like medium interested until uh, my friend was like, Hey, Laleo said, we can try, try his foil. Let's, let's go, let's go give it a go. And I was like, for sure, we're going to figure this out. Like we can both ride Alaya and, and whatever craft I've put under my feet hasn't really ever been too much of an issue to learn. So we uh, paddled out to Queens. It was maybe one to two feet. And oh my goodness, I got the dirtiest lickings. <laughs> it, it was next level wipeouts. Like I, I couldn't, I came in so humbled, uh, pretty much like, no, I'm not interested in this at all. That, that was my first foreign experience. I was like, no, <laughs> not fun. <laughs> not love it for sight. No, it was not fun. It was like, I had this nice, uh, coconut frond hat that I had been wearing all day and I was like oh I'm gonna wear my hat out it's really sunny I don't want to get a sunburn and I destroyed my hat like slamming head first into the water a bunch of times <laughs> I, I came out of it and I was like no 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 this is not for me oh why'd you give it another go then how much how much later <laughs> was that oh man but then uh I think a few months went by and that same friend that asked me to try with them uh, managed to commandeer a, a GoFoil with an Amundsen nubby. I think it was a 5.4 and a Kai wing. And we'd go out to Diamond Head. And the first, the first time was a total nightmare again. It just was wipeout after wipeout. And I, I just couldn't keep the thing under me. Um, I remember telling a bunch of my friends who were like, oh, foiling cool. And I was like, no. Like, it's not that cool. It's not even fun yet. Like, I still feel like I'm, I'm, I'm going to die. So that was the beginning of foiling for me. I don't think it clicked until, like, shoot, like, almost eight or ten sessions in. I kind of was like, okay, I didn't, I didn't feel like I was going to die today. This might actually be fun. Was there a moment when it hooked you? Do you remember a moment that you're like, this is going to be a part of my life from here on out? 
I remember a moment um no it was kind of a gradual change I don't really like to like pigeonhole myself into like anything ever so at the time I was like still fairly detached and like trying to just take it for what it was and I wasn't sure if it was ultimately for me um I think I, I think for me mostly the the challenge was the exciting part. The fact that I couldn't do it made me want to do it more than like than I was having fun doing it. I just I, it was frustrating that I I couldn't figure it out, and that alone was enough for me to keep doing it. Yeah, I um I got into stand up surfing in a similar fashion. I had made fun of it for a while, and then hopped on a board and it was a small board and got completely humbled, and then I kind of had to figure it out. I hated not being able totally. to do it after I'd hated on it. I felt like such a, you know, like you hate on something you can't even do it. I was like, Oh man, I got to do this now. Uh, yeah. That's it. I'm, I wasn't too far from that. <laughs> um, talk about your progression through gear at the beginning and what you were learning from specific gear, or if you relate to gear in that way at all. I do. I, I tend to learn from whatever I ride, but does that resonate with you? Oh man. Oh yeah, big time. I feel like uh, I was certainly like the ugly duckling in terms of gear in many ways. Like people, like I think when I started, GoFoil was still definitely like the king of the mountain. Um, I was on a heavy Nash setup. Uh, I had learned on a GoFoil, and then I my the the loaner setup I was using had to go back to its owner, so. I needed to find my own and I started scouring Craigslist for deals and there was a, a Nash medium with some giant fish converted board um, for 700 bucks. And I was like, all right, that's the cheapest thing I've seen. I don't even, I didn't even try the board. Even one time I had, I had this old knee board I had found when I was 15 or 16 years old on the beach um, by my house. And I had a, a friend converted into a foil board for me. It's like a, I think it was a, like a four, six diamond tailed knee board thing that weighed 30 pounds. Um, that and my yellow Nash, they were good friends. And I was convinced at the time that a heavy foil and a heavy board were beneficial to my foiling. They, uh, I don't know, like if at the time, I guess I liked the feel and I also felt like at the time, a lot of people were struggling to go straight. And somehow my setup was allowing me to like do cutbacks and wraps. And it kind of felt like surfing already. So I was like, oh, it must be, must be my heavy board and heavy foil. I was convinced. That's interesting. I went through a phase where I liked really heavy boards too. And I think, go ahead. I think that they can help you pump. Like when you're learning how to pump, like a heavy board is a good thing. It helps keep up inertia and uh, your kinetic motion. And like when you're learning how to pump, like that's number one, basically. I, I agree with that. I also think that heavy boards tend to not have much flex and flex is so bad and they tend to not be as tippy. So I think you are, you feel a little bit more locked in. Um, sure. Yeah. That's what it, that's what it felt like. I was locked in. Yeah. Um. Now I like like the the stiffest thing possible as light as possible, but in that order. Yeah, yeah, um, I'm 100% there with you. I remember the first time I tried a light setup though. It was a 
try to lift set up with like a tiny little epoxy board mm-hmm. and I fucking hated it. Hated it. Hated it. Hated it. It was like, no, I was like, no, this is not the sensation. And I was like, there's no, and there's no way I'd ever want to ride like something like this. So light and, and hey, that's, uh, gosh, was I wrong? That's so funny, man. Cause I had the, the same experience when I first hopped on a lift too. It was like, I don't get why, you know, like why people like these things. And now I've circled back to them and I, the lift 200 is one of my favorite wings. Um, for sure. It's such a good wing. All right. So when I break down your footage and I'm kind of like a, like a nerd like that, where I like to like really study the way people foil and it's really helped me in my pro my process here, like in, in progression. Um, when I look at the way that you foil, I look at two things and, and one of them is, I think you're probably one of the most stylish guys in the sport. And then also I think you do some of the best rail turns. Like you have like the air game and that whole thing. But I think what's really special about it is like the way that you carve, because I think it looks like how everybody would like to carve. Um, And I know that style and, you know, that go together a whole lot, but maybe you could start with how you approach style. Is that something that's inherent just to the way you surf? Did you carry over your shortboard style into foiling or is that a, a, a cultivated style um Um, just talk through that for a little while for us i am hyper style conscious uh i wish that in many ways my style was i mean it's natural for me but i wish that it came i wish that the style that i desired came more naturally and i guess what i mean by that is when i watch myself surf i don't particularly love the way i surf um, for me, it's, it's always, uh, I'm always trying to figure out how to fix the things that I see in my surfing that I don't care for. And, um, I compare, I compare myself to like pro level surfing to determine what I find aesthetically pleasing in terms of movement. Um, especially now, all the, all the young kids that are on the tour now are so incredibly stylish and radical. And the style that they have when they're doing the radical maneuvers is what's really got my attention. Um, I love Griffin Colapinto. Yeah. Kid serves so silky. His arms are so relaxed. He's got great stance. The flow's there. Um, he's definitely near the top of my inspirational surfers in the way he moves. Um, foiling's cool. It gives you, you, you don't have to be nearly as reactive to the wave in some ways. And so you have extra time to pay attention to what your, your body's doing. Um, that and foiling seems so technique specific, like the way to do a front side wrap, uh, your style affects like the success of your turn in many ways. Like, I guess if style is the way you hold your body, I mean, the way you hold your body is also technique. So for me, style and technique are one in the same. Can we talk through like that front side rap that you do? I think it's somewhat iconic, you know, like I've broken it down a whole bunch. Um, what are you focused on in that turn? No, no kinks in the turn is my goal. I do not like to have to adjust, uh, adjust elevation. So like if I'm, yeah, mid-turn, if I have to do any 
up or down jerks to keep the angle of the turn the same if that's not the turn I'm looking for. Um, so the more I can make that maneuver in one motion, uh, that's the best for me. Um, I'm also trying to get the wing tip right up onto the surface. Like if I can get the tip to, to flare out a little bit, that's even better. Um, yeah, having it feel like one smooth motion is massive. And I guess skipping forward to like what I'm riding now, uh, this Takuma gives me the most ability to stay in one body posture during a turn I've out of any wing I've tried. Um, it's kind of changed my approach a lot, actually. It's done the same. I, I ride the 1300 right now. And it's done the same thing to me. Um, and the ability to breach a, a wingtip and not have it affect the turn. You don't, you don't lose that drive through the turn when you breach a tip, which I love. Yeah, I think that there's techniques to uh, avoid that on all wings. I think there's certain movements you can do or certain angles you can take when re-entering that can prevent that uh, such a drastic loss of lift or that weird side slip thing that happens if you tip out and the bubble stays on the front edge of the wing after you've like straightened out, kind of feels like it pulls the opposite way you want to go. Yeah. Um, I think there's techniques to like ditch that bubble right after a turn, a quick little, a quick little extra wiggle, um, like a little check snap right after the turn kind of can ditch that bubble. But yeah, on the, on the Kujira or on the LOL foil, you kind of can just, just turn how you want. Um, in some ways I kind of feel like, it's how do you put it like if you're riding like a bigger single fin, if you're used to riding a short board and you hop on a big single fin mm -hmm. and you go out and you surf like good strong powerful waves on the single fin you can teach yourself how to do a proper rail turn uh, <laughs> i'm laughing right now because i did that to myself i um i realized this is probably about five years ago that I had some holes in my rail surfing game. And so I bought a Takayama Howard special and I rode it. I would, the only board I rode for six months and it changed the way I surf. It was the best six months I've ever spent on like a finned board um, just because of that. And I feel like I draw a lot of that into foiling now. Sure. Foiling is very much single finning, mm -hmm. very, very intensely single finning. And so like, I love, I mean, I love my lift gear. I love like the radical uh, lines it can take. I love the way that I can recover. Um, I love, I love how it's squirrely. Like that is what's good about it. Um, in stark contrast, I love how the Tacoma is basically the opposite of it. And I think, uh, like I said earlier, I don't want to corner myself in any way. So I like them for both what they, what they give me when I'm feeling those moods. Yeah. Um, those are the kind of the two wings that I've spent by far the most time on over the last two months too. Um, I'm a little heavier probably. So I'm on the 200 and the 1300 feels really good, but, and I have the Kajira, um, coming. I can't wait to feel that. Everyone keeps telling me it's better. I, I don't know how it's going to be better because the 1300 feels so good. Uh, uh, it's better. Can, can you explain why? Yeah. Like, um, frothing it's, on it's it. more yeah. responsive. It's like much more responsive. It kind of feels like it has a very similar amount of lift, 
Um, like there's a lot of lift on it. It doesn't, yeah. it's not like, whoa, I'm on this tiny wing. Um, it's a little less stable, but that lack of stability is, isn't translated as instability as much as it translates as responsiveness. Yeah. I mean, videos I'm seeing from it are seem to plead that yeah, case. It's super fun. Yeah. Insane. It's super fun. Um, when you think about style, how much are you focused on arm movement? And is that something that um, you're consciously thinking about during the turn? Like I've, I'm, I've actually just spent the last month like reworking how uh, my back arm specifically, like my hand angles, because I couldn't, I've always hated it. And I just decided I was going to force myself to change it. So I've gotten kind of hyper obsessive about that and then keeping my front arm low all the time because it used to rise up way too much. And I felt, you know, what's interesting is I changed that from a style perspective, keeping my front arm low and then realized that all of my turns finished better by keeping it low. It wasn't even about the turn. It was about the style of look at how it looked. And now the turns are better because of it, which was really cool. Style is technique in my mind. Yeah. Like you, the reason why Griffin turns good is because he has that good style and, and it, it's hard to start. I guess like that. I mean, if you think about like um, a surfer, like Alex knows he, um, he's got style, but I don't necessarily feel as if like that style translates into uh, progressive surfing. You know, he uses style as a totally, as a, like a decoration when like when we're talking about style like, i feel like that it more intimately affects the the maneuvers that we're trying um i totally think about my hand i mean mid-turn on a on a fast overhead wave you know that, that all goes out the window but the more present i am and the you know the more more aware i am of trying to do surf a certain way than like little inklings of what i've told myself on land and maybe in between waves have they stand a better chance at at sneaking into physical motion you know on a wave uh a lot of times for me it's it's uh it's simple as back arm across and down like that's one of my main things i tell myself i don't like i don't like uh big wings i like i like low quiet hands so mm. hand hand down and across is a that's certainly one I try to pay attention to. I also try to pay attention to where I'm looking. Um, I remember years ago I was reading an article about I think it was Flying the Champagne. It was talking about Andy and Kelly, and they were the article. Whoever was writing it was describing how one of the most noticeable things about those two guys was that where they looked when they did their maneuvers, like where their eyes were, where they were focusing on next. And uh, I started looking at where people were looking when they're doing their turns. And uh, I guess to put it in perspective, like one of my least favorite things is to watch the spray. Like yep. when you're on a short board, if you go do a front side turn and you go and look back and watch your spray, like that's bad style and bad technique. Um, you gotta, you gotta be looking for your landing. So I try to apply those same concepts to boiling, especially in the more critical surf, because it's, it's much less about what just happened than about what's about to happen. <laughs> yeah. 
you know, the, the head thing and where you're looking, I actually just had, I just worked on this um, over the last week, actually, because I realized that especially in like backside top turns on foil, I would look down the wave. I wouldn't look back into the pocket because I was managing altitude through that section of the wave. And it was cutting right. all of my backside turns short because I was, I would look down to make sure that I wasn't going to breach and then look back at the pocket. And so my turns had this, like, like you were talking about before, I had a kink in it. It would like start hard, flatten out a little bit, and then arc back into the pocket, almost like you're doing two turns. Um, sure. So I just spent some time trying to make sure that I was looking back at the pocket and, you know, it, I, I did breach a little bit more, but when you do them, the, the turns are so much better. That's such a, a right. good tip. Yeah. No spray watching. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, when, when you think about, um, progression in foiling, what, what are your goals right now? Oh, what are my goals right now? What are you working um, on currently? What those, those Spencer kids are blowing my mind. So the spins rotations on the wave are definitely uh, near the top of my goals. I'd love to do a backside full rotation. That sounds really fun. Um, frontside ones, I don't know. Those things freak me out a little bit. I feel much more confident going backside right now. Uh, backflip on the wave also seems like a, a reasonable goal to to chase now that we've seen it's possible. Um, Matahi just like broke my brain the other day at Chopo. One of the scariest, uh, most beautiful it, pictures I've ever seen in my life. The the I was I was like looking at it and it was like so amazing and I was kind of couldn't figure out besides the fact that like what I was looking at a foiler in the tube. I realized that the most eerie, cool, beautiful thing about it is that there's no wake from his board it looks like a perfect wave with no one on it and yet he's in the tube it it's it's a look like i've never seen and um god i'm fucking psyched for him and foiling as a whole i mean i doubt that that's ever going to be a a reality for the general public the kids like the best one of the best bell riders in the world um but maybe not you know i mean we, we probably could have said that 30, 30 years ago about shortboarding and look at it now. So maybe everyone will be getting barreled in the future. You think that would ever be possible not being towed in? Oh, yeah, you'd have to be a really good pumper. Or oh, you'd have yeah, to be you at a pump in. A, yeah. A really good pumper or a spot that like started as a, a small chip, like a grower. Yeah something that lets you like roll down into, into the zone. Um, man, the summer, the waves were, I, I was ready to try this summer and the waves kind of just didn't really do it. It was a windy downwinding summer, not a, not a piping tube summer. Yeah. Um, I had, so I, I posted, you saw it on, on Instagram and it's amazing how many questions I got for you in one hour. Oh, um, pretty unreal, but uh, a lot of folks wanted, and I will get into those near the end here. We'll, we'll run through the best of them, but um, a lot of a lot of questions on downwinding, and um, let's start with with gear. 
what are you using? And I know that some of the questions were, you know, lift 170 versus Kajirig stuff on downwinders. How, how does it, how did yep. it feel? I love the 170. That's an incredible wing too. It really is. Um, I feel like they serve, they, they both can downwind. The Kujira and the 170 are both fun downwinding wings. Um, the Kujira's more turny. It's like a surfier wing. And so when you're downwinding for fun, I like riding the Kujira because it lets me surf downwind. When I'm riding the Lift 170, it has an inherent high aspect sketchiness to it mm-hmm. that makes free turning a lot more difficult. Yeah. I like it just, we, we do, we do prone downwind. So we're starting, you know, three miles down the coast and we catch one wave. If you, if the wind line is far outside and you fall down, it's, it's a quite a bit of work to get back into the zone and, uh, start the process over and so you really don't want to fall and so in the desire to not fall i found that riding the kujiras it it can be more fun because it lets me play around a lot more while i'm on these runs and in the beginning i didn't i didn't notice it as much i was riding only the lift and and just making it was really cool and in some ways the lift is a more the faster more efficient wing and so other than the natural sketchiness aside i feel like it's it's a better downwinding wing. It's, it goes faster through the chops. It can stay on individual bumps a little bit longer. And the pumping is the lift foils have this natural tendency to go down, like they're back footed foils. And so when you're downwinding and, and you got to sh- be constantly shoving your board down the, the, that natural lack of front foot pressure makes it easy. The, the, the Takuma's, they have that massive front foot push on them. And so when you're trying to catch up to you're trying to skip over a bump or you're trying to pump over to the next bump, that increased pressure that makes pumping easy actually has this kind of this way of um, being more tiring mm-hmm. as opposed to like the lift. You can kind of just, when you push on the front foot, it just goes down. And as it goes down, it speeds up. Yeah. So I don't feel like, if I were to race Jack, I'd ride my 170. I can go, I can go faster. But if we're not racing and it's never a race because we do this for fun, I, I ride the the Takuma a lot. It's uh, yeah, it's more fun. Um, the lift. I just got railed on foil again for loving the Uni 190, but uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, no one's safe. What's that? No one is safe. No one's no. safe. Except for Kane, no, apparently. Nobody's safe. I got railed and then Kane got like it, two glowing, glowing ones. Yeah. Well, like, this isn't fair. We can, we can agree that Kane's a special kid. He is a special kid. Um, but the um, Lift 170 is the fastest pumping wing I've ever felt. Um, for sure. It's It's incredible how fast you can get going on that. And it kind of changes like the beach break where I live. Um, it lets you just connect so far. Like you can, you can make distances that I didn't even know were, you know, as you as you make the turn Possible. to like pump back out and you see what, all right, I can get to these waves, but you can add like 50 meters to that. Um, it's really cool. What, what tail are you using? Um, 
on that? I like to play around with the tail wings. Um, I downwind with the 34 mostly. Uh, for some reason, I I don't know if it's like my the way I foil, but the 170 like doesn't have that much pushback for me. Like I like the I like the hard pump of the Takuma and so that like kind of soft response feeling when you shove it down that I don't really dig it that much. So I kind of like the bigger a bigger tail wing. So that I, I don't use the 25 on the on the 170 very often. I like the 25 a lot on the 200, but that one has a better better resistance to it and I like that feeling. Interesting. I haven't tried that yet. Um that's cool. Does it, it, it's a shorter fuse too. The 34 is a shorter fuse than the 25. Yeah, so it should it tighten up the, the turning radius on the 170, I would think too. Yeah. For like, if I'm going to surf the 170, for sure, that's the tailwind to use. Yeah. It's the most, um, it's the most turny. Um, that's, that make, yeah, that's a good combo right there. That makes me want to give the two hundred, the 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 two hundred surf or the two hundred high aspect when you use the twenty five. Two hundred high aspect. I oh, okay, love, okay. I love two hundred high aspect. Okay. Um, I use the thirty four on the two hundred surf, and I love it. Oh yeah, that's a that's a good combo for sure. I uh, I never have. I don't own a a two hundred two piece, but I did have the classic two hundred, mm-hmm. and I I had cut down my tail wing. Um, pretty early on uh and i was blown away at how much better it works so anyone with the the 202 piece if you guys aren't using the 34 like get on that yeah i went back and forth between the 40 and the 34 and actually i just went back to the 40 after riding the 200 with the 34 for like i don't know about a month just to see how i would like the the 40 again and i i don't i think the 34 pumps better for me and it turns harder like everything is better with the 34 i think I'd, I'd agree with that. I like the 40 on this 170 though, downwinding for sure. It like makes it easier. It gives you a little bit longer. It gives you more hover. And so when you're bouncing from, from way, uh, chop to chop on a, on a less than ideal day, that extra little hover really makes a big difference. That's cool. I'll have to try that out. I'm super stoked and, and huge shout out to, uh, to Nick. Cause I've been talking to him about, um, my son Damo's like, 80 pounds and been looking for a good wing for him. And Damo's got the hundred. 100. Yep. The 100 surf is coming for him right now. And I'm just super, super psyched. So thanks Nick. And that's rad. Yeah. Thanks Nick. That wing is so good. I love the 100. When do you ride it? When it's eight feet, probably. Um, I tow with it exclusively. Uh, I've taken it actually, I take that back. I've taken it out to small days in town uh at the spots i normally like the shortboard and it is uh so much fun in steep and sh- like surfable ways if you can manage to like sneak one from a pack of surfers it feels like it feels like that's actually where i would like my foiling to go um for a while i was very unconcerned with pumping and connecting waves i felt like felt like it was bad for my body I was, I was pumping a lot and kind of leaving myself a little tattered. Um, 
and pumping's cool for a little while, but like again, I got to go back to my roots, and I'm a I like to shortboard and I like performance and I like radical maneuvers and the wings that let you pump well don't really encourage my type of performance surfing. I see guys that can rip on high aspects and are are doing like um, surf wing turns on them. But when I do it, it doesn't feel good. Like I can, you can kind of fake it, but it never feels right to me. And it's all about the feeling. I just, I want it to feel good. Yeah. The, the hard part, I think with the high aspect is you can do a good turn, but it's coming out of the turn where it always gets really weird for me. hundred percent. Get stuck in them. hundred percent. At the end of a really good frontside cutback, there is a moment when the thing does not really know what it wants to do. Yep. Yep. Um, Maybe that's me though. Maybe it's just, I don't know what I want to do and I got to work on that. Uh, you know, I feel the same way. There's a lot of scary, sketchy moments I have when I'm trying to unwind from a, from a cutback on a high aspect wing. And I love high aspect where I live in Florida. Like they, they, they make so many days fun for us because it's always so small. Um, but yeah, it's always, a, there's always some awkward moments. That's why I think that's why I fell in love with the Takumas because it can, can pump it like kind of a pump wing. Like a high aspect. Yeah. Turn it like a surf wing. Exactly. Exactly. hundred percent. Um, I didn't ask this, but everyone's going to ask me or yell at me if I don't, what do you weigh? Cause it makes a difference in gear. So when we talk about gear, everybody wants to know what weights are. I'm like 160 and I wear a wetsuit all the time. So probably like 165. Okay. Uh, let's talk. St- uh, I also like my, I like my equipment on the smaller side. So like I usually under, I under lift myself if possible. Then how does the 1300 work for you? Because I'm 190 pounds. And I feel like that thing has a ton of lift. Oh, it's got so much lift. I got a, I double, I use the base plate shims to shim it up and, uh, I stand massively in front of the mast. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, yeah, but it, gosh, it's, it's, so that thing is one of the most fun, cruisy, easiest to beach start, easiest to dock start, easiest to sit on. Uh, yeah, that wing is fun and easy to ride. Yeah, it's um, probably my favorite. If I had to pick one wing, it would be that because I can do so much on it. You know, if the surf gets better, I'd rather be on like a lift foil to surf sure. it. But um, let's talk straps versus strapless because you, you do both. Um, what's the place for yep. strapped and what's strapless? What are the arguments for each side of the sport? you're not willing to like sacrifice about 50% of your waves until you learn how to get into the straps quickly, then it's probably not for you. Uh, when I was learning how to get into them, I called it strap farming. It was like getting to my feet with like watching corn grow. It just was, I would like, it just took a, like a, so much longer to get the feet into the thing. I would, I would go toppling over the falls so constantly. Um, but the trade-off was was worth it. I felt like I was, in many ways, safer because the board had a, less of an ability to get away from me. That like being in control was was the trade-off um, that I wanted. And especially at the time, there wasn't really anyone. The the level of progression when I put straps onto my board was wasn't that high. So like it was an easy way to go in for lack of better words, like be better than the, the general public. 
like it just allowed so much more than anyone without straps was like really able to do um granted there are guys that can smack foam really hard uh with no straps on and like big props to them i can do it too it just uh it's more dangerous and and i'm i don't know i I like i like being safe as much as i like to push the limits like i got i got other things i like to do too so it's, it's good to good to trust in the turns i feel like oiling is kind of sketchy as it is so anything that helps like keep the program under control is nice so when um, i look at the difference in risk between strapped and unstrapped riding i look at the unstrapped riding as like a cut risk like hitting your foil but i look at the strapped risk like hurting ankles and knees because you get locked in and that's what i'm more worried about i'm, I'm more worried about like messing up a knee or something like that do you not do you not feel that um, I've have, okay. So for a little background, I've blown out both my MCLs, um, knee, knee safety is pretty, pretty high up on my, uh, list of things I need to be concerned about. Um, I've tweaked, I've, I've tweaked my ankle. That's for sure. Um, it was trying an alley-oop. I, I, I assume all risks. I, I guess when I, if I'm going for something like that, um, I think making sure that you have your strap set up correctly. Like I don't have tight straps. Mine are pretty loose. Like my feet can come flying right out of them. Um, I think also knowing how to kick the feet backwards when it's time, like knowing how to bail from the straps is important. Those are the main things. I guess knowing knowing what is dangerous with straps is important to know. Like what turns you wanna you can what turns you can really go for, which turns you need to be a little bit more cautious of, knowing knowing cert, knowing that certain wipeouts could end up uh in ways that you don't want them to. You you know, I, I kinda tailor my approach to on some level safety. Yeah. Um, do you approach foiling differently when you're strapped and when you're not strapped? Are you doing different turns? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, I like how, uh, I like close together feet. Like I think it looks nice. I don't like wide stance. Um, strap kind of makes my stance probably on like the any wider than my stance and I wouldn't with my straps and I, I I would feel like my stance is too wide and when I ride with no straps I like a narrow stance it, it kind of feels like the oil turns the best when your feet are narrow uh I used to be a surf instructor in Waikiki and I would do tandem with uh the girl I was dating and there's this guy bear who was a professional tandem surfer. And one time on the beach, he told me that if the, if your partner is out in front of you, you're creating like two points of, of weight on the board. And if she stands in between your legs, like you become like this one unit. And that kind of like has always stuck in my head. And I think about that when I'm boiling, like the wider your feet are, the more you're dealing with these two, these two different weights on the board and the more you like 
get your feet together towards the sweet spot, the more you're on the sweet spot. And that's when the, the foil really lets you do those hip turns. And that's in many ways, that's my favorite thing to do. Like on the 1300, I don't ever wear straps and I like to just go out and just do hip turns. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. They feel, they feel the best. They're like, they're not, um, feels like riding a, a fish in, in fun buttery waves, you know, or riding a single fin at a long point break and you just get to like style around. And in many ways, like I'm realizing that I'm not, not Kai Lenny or Jeffrey Spencer and I probably won't ever be flipping in and doing 360s as like a regular thing. I hope I land one or two in my life, but like good turns I, I can do. And so, uh, that appeals to me a lot. That that's that's the so no the, the no strap turning. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was I was talking to my buddy Pedigo this morning and I literally said something almost exactly the same to him. We were talking about progression and and um I said that, you know, like being able to have good style and do a really good turn, it's kind of timeless. It ages really well. Yeah. I mean, you figure it out now and you can still do that when you're 50. I doubt that I'll be able to throw a, right. a big old hook backflip or something when I'm 50. Yeah. And I, it's more fun to like remain at the same level than it is to lose all your skills. So to find the skills that are timeless is valuable. Yeah. I also think that as you get better technique, it is uh, easier on your body. So proper technique sure. will let you surf better much later in life, I think, or foil better. Oh, for sure. You know, um, that's rad. It's, it's cool. You and I see things in a lot of ways, very similarly. Um, let's Yeah. Go. You seem heady about style and that's, that's definitely how I feel. Well, I've always had pretty bad style and, you know, foiling tends, so I got really into stand up and I got really into, um, com- like I was competing in stand up and stuff and, Stand-up is kind of a hack for style because if you get in there enough uh, paddle position with your hands, you style kind of takes care of itself because your hands can't right. be floating all over the place. But in shortboarding, I've always had this like powerful like hook arm that was just really ugly. Um, and foiling really exposes all that. Like bad style and foil is r- really easy to to see. And so I've been trying to fix that. Um, right. And And just actually spent like, kind of went ghost for the last two months and haven't been posting anything. And I've just been working. I kind of like rebuilt my foil framework from the ground up, looking at like, um, like Kane and you and a couple other guys and a lot of surf influence as well. Um, what's funny is I was modeling Kane for some turns. And then as I was doing as I was interpreting those turns, it actually resembled your style much more closely than Kane's, which was funny because I was modeling Kane's. Um, and actually it'd be interesting to talk about this too and pumping. I just, I just was trying to, um, strip out as much excess motion in pumping as I could. And uh, yes, that's massive. found that, and it seems like you do this too. Like the swing behind your hips doesn't actually help you pump. It's really, you want to project down on your board. And so I see you do this, but I kind of landed in the same place where, if your swing stops at your hips and then your elbows kind of come up, it is actually a more efficient pump and it looks better, which I think is really cool. Um, mm. How did you arrive at that? Yeah, I, 
I, uh, I, I come up with like a hundred different metaphors to help, like help me and my friends pump because, uh, it's just, it's, it's for me, it's easy to see other people's techniques and, and watching everyone pump the wrong way has taught me kind of how to pump the right way. Um, shake the water off your hands is probably my favorite <laughs> pumping advice. You want to shake the water down and off your hands. And, and the up hand thing is basically completely useless. Yep. Like anyone out there is like throwing your hands out in front of your face, like stop. It's not helping. It's all about down and back. Um, I've heard like pull a rope. Like imagine you were like grabbing two ropes and pulling them and helping yourself get forward. Um, early on, Kai Lenny told me, throw yourself forward as you pump and can't, don't really do that by throwing your hands forward. Like if you were you in zero gravity environment and you throw your hands forward and go backwards. So it's, it's a lot about like what motions are kinetically in line with what you're trying to do down, down and, and forward are the directions you're trying to go. It's not as much about like picking the foil up as it is shoving it down. That's, that's my other biggest piece of advice. I think a lot of people are concerned with picking the foil up. Like it's always about like up, up, up. And my, my pumping technique is down, down, down. That's interesting. I think about it like the inflection point. I'm trying to create the fastest inflection point between um, like a positive angle of attack and a, and a negative angle of attack at the top. I feel like the, the the quicker you can make that turn, it's like bat speed. I look at it, you know, like it's, it, you know, bat speed is what gets home runs. And it's like, you can get like a really quick pop at the top, transfer all that weight super fast. That seems to be the, the right at the pumping. top, right at the top. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Right. For sure. Like pushing when the wing is at its most efficient yep. point is, is the key. And, and also learning how to pump with your uh, calves and your ankles rather than your quads because your quads use a lot more oxygen. Like the more you do a, like a squat pump, it's like a more forceful, the more forceful pump, but man, it burn, it, that'll burn you out so much faster yeah. than, a, than a, an ankle, um, ankle calf pump, like jump rope. I like, I like thinking about jump roping too. Like if you're going to go do... We're not doing, you know, five, five reps of, of deadlifts. We're doing a hundred, a hundred jump ropes. That's what pumping is more, is more like to me. So I try to try to keep my pumping cadence light, light on the feet. How, how do you think about that from your front foot though? Because from your front foot, my front foot's pretty anch anch um, anchored to the board. So it's hard for me to think about, sure. you know, back foot. Definitely. I use a lot of calf, but, but front foot, I don't. Um, I've learned from downwinding that the best pumping happens when you, your feet are basically doing the same thing. You want both legs to push equally because if you're pushing harder on one than the other, then one leg burns out a lot faster. Yeah. So the more you can get your stance to allow for both legs to push down evenly, the better. Kind of, about it. Kind so of narrow I've, stance helps that where I've ended up. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Like pumping with the straps, I take my back foot out of the strap now and I, I put it close to my front foot. 
Yeah. I don't ride straps. I need to, I need to dive into straps. I've, I've never gotten into it and, um, I'll give it a go. It's fun. I know I need to, I need to, um, can, you like the way you can finish turns is cool. You can pull up on the front foot. It just opens up a whole world of control. Yeah. Um, right on. Is there anything else you want to uh, go over before we dive into questions? Because we got a lot of them and I've got about, I don't know, probably 20, 25 minutes. I, I feel like this could go on a long time, but um, people sent them in, so I want to get them asked. No, I, I mean, we can we can move on to that. That's cool. I don't, right. I don't think I have anything itching to be said, other than everyone should go ride their shortboards. So talk about that. You still shortboard a lot, right? Oh, yeah. I love to shortboard. I like it more than I liked it before foiling. Really? Um, yep. I, I saw a, I saw a comment by one of my friends. He said the best thing. He says, foiling doesn't make you surf shitty. It's not surfing that makes you surf shitty. Yeah, that's true. Um, foiling, uh, foiling, I think, actually made me surf a lot better. I, if, foiling, if surfing is X and Y, left and right, foiling is X, Y, and Z. It's also up and down. And so to once you learn how to deal with that extra dimension, your my surfing computer in my brain, like I up the RAM a lot. And so now when I hop back on my shortboard, all of a sudden I have this extra computing power from having to deal with blowouts and pearl dives on the foil. Now you just hammer around left and right. It seems it seems easier. Like it, you don't have to worry about blowing up on the foil and uh i told my friend who came out for a surf pasha came out for a surf the other day and i was like you remember how hard foiling was to learn and how easy surfing was when you first started foiling like that's how easy surfing is that's actually pretty cool um like it's easy when when we all learned how to foil like surfing was the easy one foiling was hard and now everyone's been foiling and it's like, oh, surfing's so hard. Like, no, you, it's not that hard. You just have to, just have to remember. I, um, I actually just went back and did about, I don't know, two or three weeks where I just shortboarded because I was so frustrated. Perfect. I couldn't do it at all anymore. And Perfect. Yeah, it was rad. But you know what? I have so much more fun foiling that now I'm just back to foiling oh, yeah? again. Well, the waves, I guess the waves matter a lot. The yeah. this summer, the waves got pretty good before it got windy. And then now it's winter time and um, I'm not Matahi, so I can't get barreled on my foil. So <laughs> Belzilan is still in the realm of shortboard only. Um, I think wave quality has a lot to do with it. If you're, if you're in an area that offers shortboardable waves, then, then you are in a position to enjoy shortboarding again. But if you live somewhere that foiling has made has opened up the ocean for you because it never was ever really good enough to shortboard, then I can see how it's a lot more difficult. Um, probably, and it probably has a lot to do with like the individual skill level of your surfing before foiling. Um, people maybe like the less radical you were on a shortboard, I'd say that the more likely you are to remain uh, captivated by foiling. Yeah. But the more like the more you like to do airs, hit the lip, or get barreled, like foiling doesn't really satisfy those those aspects of of surfing for me. And so there was a lot missing from foiling, even 
two years of pretty much not riding my shortboard, it was an incomplete meal for me. I miss barrels. That's that's the one thing that I that I miss. My back yeah. is kind of messed up, so like I do too much, you know. Shortboarding is hard on the back. It's really hard on my yeah. lower back, man. And I paid for those three weeks too. Um, <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. So, I understand. I I've, I've gone through a, a lot of issues with body pain as a result of shortboarding and foiling and. I wish I had a good answer other than everyone's different and you got to find what works for you. Yeah. All right. So let's dive into some questions and we got, I mean, I don't, for an hour of questions, I don't know how we got some is amazing. All right. <laughs> um, Surf dad asked about pumping. We kind of talked about pumping, so we'll skip that. Eric foil asks, <laughs> Eric, uh, is it a wing ding or a wind wing? Oh man. Ah, I call it that cursed sail fucking thing. I haven't figured it out yet, so I'm probably the wrong person to ask. I don't I, I'm not I'm not too huge on on the term wingding. Um, no. Not 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 my favorite term. So I I go with hand wing. Hand wing. I liked hand kite and then I got hand yelled wing. at because hand hand kites kite got strings. Yeah, I don't okay. know. I, I I like hand wing. I think that's hand wing. That's a that's a good term for me. Okay, we'll go with hand wing. Um, special operator asks, uh, how do you create the sensation of flow you experience on the water on land? Is that um? Is that a like a what's the word I'm looking for? Is that like a metaphor? Like, is he like the sensation of flow like in the rest of my life? Or are we talking about like trying to create like a a routine on land to help flowing in the I would think it would be more like the Mihai Chicksen Mihai or Stephen Kotler, like flow as that tapped in. I think it's the most overused term that there is. Like um, but flow. Yeah, just because I think that it means so many things to so many people. It's like the word love. Like Love can mean about sure. 50 different things. Um, but like the way that I look at flow is like when the rest of the world disappears and you have this massive, um, like, like everything disappears and, 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 and you experience time differently. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You're tapped in. Yeah. Flow state. Um, yeah, there you go. I feel like, uh, so ask me the question one more time so I make sure I answer this how correctly. Do you, how do you create that on land or or do you? How do I create flow state on land? Um, it's certainly diff- difficult. I've actually, that's an interesting question to be asked right now is where I am mentally in my life. Um, I've been doing a lot of personal work, um, being with my consciousness, working on being present, um, knowing that the, that the root of a lot of suffering and unhappiness in this life comes from ruminations about the past or the future about other people or about yourself. And if you, if you are present, if you are in the moment and you are using the task positive part of your brain, um, you task positive things help deactivate your default mode network which is your ego center which is your 
center of, of thought and of daydreaming and of stuff like that. And I feel like that's not flow. Like to, to be in your ego, to be in your thoughts is, is the opposite of flow state. Flow state happens when you are hyper present in your environment and you are paying attention to the, you're the way you feel and the things that are happening immediately rather than thinking about what people are thinking of you or what you think about other people. So if, and surfing naturally does that because when you're on a wave, you have to spend so much time and energy focusing on what you're doing is the ability to worry about what anyone thinks while you're on a wave. It's diminished greatly. And, and that's flow state. So on land, if you want to have flow state, then it's, it's pay attention to your breath. Be, be present. Yeah. Um, when you think about those states, where do you hit your deepest flow states? Barrels, truthfully, high line, big, big wave foiling, like. Um, I, I, in the barrel is a good, is a good um moment of complete immersion into the experience that there's very little room for thought, and so that is, um. I feel like flow state is not like a constant either. It can ebb and flow within a session, within the a time frame of experience. And so um, there will be moments of intense flow and then moments of of thought. And the more, I think the more you can put yourself into those flow moments, whether it's in the tube, in the lip, in the air, um, the more those peaks tend to bleed the flow into the rest of the session. So like if you have a really peak flow moment every five or 10 minutes, as opposed to every 30 minutes, then I'd say that you're, you've hit a deeper level of constant flow. If you're like able to turn your brain off more and more often. Um, truthfully, I hit the best flow on my dirt bike, like hundred percent. If it's I'm on the side of a, of a cliff and and I'm covered in sweat and I'm concerned about dying. That's usually when I'm the most present, when I, when the visceralness of life is, is the most real, the thoughts of the least, um, happiness is at a maximum. Um, it happens on, on the huge waves on the foil too, when you're not trying to die. That's that to me, flow, flow state is at a peak, the closer you get to death. Interesting. I, um, I relate to that. And I think the consequence for me is a huge trigger, but I think intensity and proximity are big triggers for me as well. So like I do, I cart race and oh, cool. I, I do, I, I'm so addicted to driving. We had to move back from Costa Rica and I was, you know, before I found foiling, I was miserable. Um, and then I got into racing and, you know, in that 10 minutes or whatever it is of like, you know, like the, when I raced in like, um, a league and, um, th that's like a, a pretty deep state for a prolonged period of time, you know, totally. you know, I have to like, totally. I have places on the track where I, where I breathe because I forget to breathe through different sections of, of corners. Right. You know, like, okay, this is where you breathe, Eric, <laughs> which is pretty cool when, I, when you're I that deep. 
hundred percent. It's it's anything like that. Driving, racing. Um, you nailed it right there. I mean, car like racing of a vehicle will will put you in flow state faster than most things. Um, I guess I didn't I didn't think to mention it, but downwinding hundred percent is flow state. Yeah, like more than almost more than anything else because the consequences of, of paddling in and getting left behind all your friends and having to deal with them laughing at you for not making it is <laughs> consequences high. So you really don't want to fall. And, and when you go, when you, you get a 25 minute downwind run um, halfway through, yeah, you realize you haven't had a thought in 15 minutes, you know, um, or at least not a thought of any, anything external, you know, all your thoughts were, were concerning what you were doing. Um, that's, those are the, those are the most pure moments to me. Yeah. I love those moments, man. I feel like, you almost get to go back in time before you evolved this brain that's constantly thinking and you just get to operate. I love that. Yes. Um, yes. Jack, Jack from town, uh, Jack was, has been on the show a few times and he was joking about the no, no man left behind policy of, or the opposite of that. Oh. Just the laughing of, Oh, it's uh, no, gets... no, no friends on a downwinder. Yeah. Yeah, um, it's true. All right. So Drew, uh, Payamato, Payamato. I apologize if I'm butchering any of these names. Um, says this is a good one. How long is Jack gonna be your apprentice? Um, uh, uh in foiling. Huh. Um, I mean, if it gets windy and he busts out his uh the hand wing, then all of a sudden I'm the apprentice. And he's the wizard. <laughs> so I'd say that uh we have a. A dynamic relationship in many ways he's 15 and i'm 33 and i'll likely always be the wizard and he'll always be the apprentice on some level but as the kid is is proving himself more and more there's um uh, a, a good teacher always knows when to be the student and um jack's youthful enthusiasm and lack of jadedness and a lot of the things about that kid um, appeal to my mind. Um, it reminds it, I love I love Jack big time. He teaches me a lot about myself and about about kids and about life and about learning things and having fun. And um, so, in many ways, while everyone thinks that Jack is my apprentice, maybe it's the other way around, and I'm secretly just learning off of him. He's um a very mature having spent you know a few hours talking to him um he's he's you know very well thought out and mature for, for a 15 year old it's hard to kind of hard to you know get that beyond his years yeah he has more, sure. he, ha he has he has moments of beyond his years he also has moments when he's 15 and he cracks me up so <laughs> i think he's a pretty cool. well well-rounded kid puts, puts on a good show okay. on the show um, where are we going here? Um, if you could only foil one spot for the rest of your life, where John Hook? <sighs> Maybe we could step back that back a little bit. Like, what is your favorite type of wave to foil? If you could only foil one type of mm. wave, what would it be? Um, that's 
that's it's hard for me to give a definitive answer there. Um, where I live right now, if I had to choose any one wave to foil only, I would probably pick Queens because it's it's close to shore. You can like beach start and pump out to the peak. Um, there's a couple of peaks in the area. It's always pretty glassy. The waves are the right strength and steepness. Uh, in many ways, Queens is my favorite. Um, It's not always ideal. Um, sometimes there's too many surfers. Sometimes the waves are either too fast or not enough. Um, an easy answer would be Kahana Bay. That place is, if I had to, if I never got to foil anywhere else and I could only go foiling at Kahana, I wouldn't really be too upset about it. The, the ocean there has a certain quality to it that no other spot I've ever surfed has. The, the smallest straightest longest line and it, it moves with this it's wonderful speed and power to it and uh kahana is really special i'd say that that's if not the one then it's it's up for contest um john hook also asked if he could get the password for the foiled again account again <laughs> Sorry, bro. It's not me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not foiled again. I have too much stuff going on to be pumping out memes like that. Who's ever doing it has a lot of time to do that. Um, yeah, either that or he's, or he's really smart and they just flow out of him like water. And uh, I'm I'm gonna probably go with the second one because I think I know who it is and he's he's pretty busy. Um. I think I have an idea too. There was somebody who was posting a lot of memes. And then when that account started <laughs> posting a lot yeah, of that's memes. A good, that's, that's a decent way of figuring it out. I yeah. mean, I feel like a lot of, a lot of my friends, a lot of the people over here, we all know who it is, but um, it, in knowing who it is, it's, it's been almost more funny and enjoyable to still pretend like we don't know who it is. And to kind of wonder who it is. Uh, yeah. I feel like the- it's, it, quite one of the best jokes going around right now the foiled again again account is one of the <laughs> funny that's one of the that, that was brilliant that that really made me laugh <laughs> i love that yeah uh pasha foil. that one that one had me kicking <laughs> yeah um pasha foil just says cannabis it's not really a ah. question um grant d872 says how to jump and get in the air. Do you have any tricks for learning to air on foil? I don't like the jump air. You don't um, like the jump air? I've like always, legit air. No, nope, I don't. I don't like Ollie. I'm actually, I will not do it. I don't like it. I think it's, I think it's pretty average. Um, I always modeled my airs after shortboard airs, bottom turn, kick the lip and boost. Uh, just try a lot, wear straps. I mean, my first foil air was no straps at Kahana. Just find a good wave that you're confident on and um, just be confident. That's, that's the number one. If you are, if you sketch, then it's sketch. But if you just, if you commit, you stand much better chance. That's, that's my advice. To right wear straps and commit. Uh, Miso Fernando. Um, for hey, that guy ripped, man. He shreds. Uh, one of the best dudes in the world for sure. He wants you to talk about the 170 fish. Oh man, I haven't rode that thing in a while, and I probably should. Uh, uh, when I was 
using that thing exclusively, it was definitely the bee's knees. Um, I think I've learned a lot about foiling since then that I could probably use it and set it up a lot differently than I used to ride it. It's a really a back-footed foil. The, the large, flat, fuselage, tail wing thing kind of creates this downward pitch to the to the wing. Actually, now that I have these uh, Takuma base plate shims, I probably could shim that foil to kind of take some weight off of the back foot and it would make it feel a little bit less like a wheelie, a wheelie craft. Like I got to manual that thing around after, especially after riding the Takuma, which is so front foot, the fish is so completely back, back footed. It kind of feels like you're always going to pearl dive. Um, I don't like that feeling, but I, ri- I, you know, um, I don't like that now, but when I was learning to foil and I had a lot of shortboard memories, um, the back foot is, is the gas pedal. So like basing my foiling off of back foot surfing seemed, seemed better. It seemed like the, the more technique correct way to, to foil at the time for me, I didn't, I wasn't so into that, like front footed lean over the front cut back where you kind of just are guiding it through the turn i really liked stomping on my back foot and like pushing through the turns and that wing really allowed it um it, the tail also flexes so it pumped really far it just was a really good blend of of pumping and shredding that hasn't in many ways i i traded that for the 150 when the 150 came out and it the 150 was so much, how do I, it was like less, it was more stable in some ways. The fish has kind of some weird characteristics that as you get going faster, it can kind of wobble around and want to go up or down. And the 150 doesn't really have that sensation. So I sort of reserved the fish for ways that you would like reserve a fish for in regular surfing, like not the more, not the good days, you know, the kind of two foot sloppier days when you need a little, when you want a little extra, when you kind of want to pump, but maybe there's some white wash and you kind of want to hit the white wash too. Um, that wing taught me so much. I, I kind of a bummer that I don't think they're being manufactured anymore, but I, I there's probably, there's probably some good, good design points in there for the rest of the world that, you know, anyone designing a new foil could kind of take at least a couple of, of design aspects from it that flexi tail was pretty cool uh, i like the way it made it pumped but it kind of comes at a cost of stability so yeah. you um, know thanks mizo for I'm, I'm gonna slap that thing on my floor right now and the next time i go for i'm gonna ride my fish sick thanks mizo um how excited are you about this is me asking about the mid aspect lift line coming out here in a few months i can't wait to feel oh that. man massive yeah. massively massively uh after riding the high aspect wings and then riding the Kujira, uh, I look at the lift surf series and they look like dinner plates. They're just, the cord is so huge. Um, it's it, surprisingly it's just, look, good for what it looks like, right? Yeah. I mean, I used to think that they looked um, incredible. I was like, yo, these are like the most fantastic, best designed. And in many ways, like they, they still are because they work so good. 
Yeah. But just the, what our eyes have gotten used to certainly makes them look weird now. Yeah. It looks like almost like a triangle. The mid aspect. Yeah. Like a totally like a triangle. Um, I cannot wait to see what Lyft is coming out with. It'll, I mean, every time they come out with a, a new product, it's, it's pretty much taken the foiling world by storm. Everyone, everyone hops on it. And, um, I've, I've heard through the grapevine a couple pretty promising things. So I'd say that my excitement level is, is near 100%. Yeah. <laughs> I, um, I got a sneak peek when, um, Nick came on the show, I got to see what they look like and I'm frothing. Oh, dang. Yeah. I don't know if I was supposed to say that, but I wasn't, I'm, I haven't shared nah, it. I, I, I mean, know I couldn't share didn't, it. You didn't, get, you didn't give anything out. You just said you've seen it. That's cool. Well, he talks about um, it on the show. He actually gave Nick. much more detail on the show about what they were than, than what I saw. I'm going to have to listen to that. I missed that one. You, uh, you'll love it. Especially the part when he's talking about the new wings and like the design process and all that. Like that it's one of my favorite podcasts that I've done. Uh, I didn't know what to expect, Nick, you know, Nick is that guy's brilliant. brilliant. Um, and then the follow-up question to that head one P asks, is the new Takuma Kijira the best foil ever made? I'm not filtering these questions. Um, it's, uh, I feel like it's, I feel like it's possibly the best all around foil that I've tried at this point. It yeah. doesn't do, it doesn't fill all the things. I mean, I can't go towing with it. Um, I certainly can't get as radical with it in the foam i i i can i understand it has limitations due to probably my weight and the size of it um more than anything but uh i feel like takuma that that kujira has designed aspects that are uh, levels above design aspects that have been incorporated already those whale bumps help that little wing go so slow it can go so slow before it stalls that's huge to be able to ride a it's why it pumps good it's why you can a 980 can work for a bigger guy and i can ride it in in tiny one to two foot waves um the wing tips i think are a big factor in creating the no hitch cutback like that seems to be like it adds a level of stability and, and smoothness to a turn. Somehow I do not, I am not the hydrodynamic expert, so I don't understand how it works, but I certainly can tell that it does. And that I'm, I would feel like without those two very specific um, design aspects that the wing would not be what it is. So in many ways, yes, I, I feel like it's the best all-around foil, but it's not the best at any, at any one thing. I think that there's better pumping wings and there's better turning wings, but neither that can do both the same way. Yeah, yeah that, that's the way I currently feel about the 1300 too. It's like, I love that I can go out and in one, you know, run, you know, three, four way of run, I can surf three different styles and the wing can do all of it which is yeah. rad. You can, you know, close foot, high line, and then you can like knock out a bunch of like, kind of like turns off the lip and then you can like full on just carve and it does, and it pumps. Yep. It's rad. Yep. Um, that is but, I, rad. but I agree that it doesn't do, it's, it's not the best at any one thing. I, I would agree with that statement. It's the best at the blend of all of them though. And yeah, 
you know, like with surfboards, like how long have people been making surfboards and no one agrees that one surfboard is the best board. I think that's where we're going to be with foiling too. Like there are foils that I'll sure. never sell because I think that like, it's going to be having, you know, a Howard special in your quiver, you know, like the uni one ninety is like one of my all time favorite foils, as you all know, apparently. Um, <laughs> but, but I'll never sell that foil. Like I love that foil. Uh, I don't ride it as much anymore. Right. I like other stuff as much or more now, but it's just amazing. It's um, good for what it is. Right, right. So Bonsai Grom went fully ham on this, and he's got some good questions for you. Um, who's going to win a foil expression session, town foilers or the country foilers? Uh, I'm, I'm going to have to say me and, me and Jack are going are to take it. And I don't ever feel like that confident, but bring it country guys. Let's, let's see it. Come on. <laughs> uh, he also <laughs> asks, um, what was his bet with me about alley-oops and has he held up his end of the bet yet? People just like to like rip into people on these questions. Oh my rad. gosh. Uh, Malai and I made a, a small bet. Um, I think it was last winter, whoever landed an alley-oop first, um, owed the other guy some, some uh, a post on the story and some Taco Bell. Uh, I did the post on my story, but I I haven't bought him the Taco Bell yet. So I suppose I I'm failing on holding up my end of our bet. Uh, and he also he well, has- I I will bring you I will bring you Taco Bell. Send me a DM. Let me know what you want. <laughs> um, he uh, he we, he asked another question about the wing. We kind of covered that. Um. He, he asked, how'd you come up with your Instagram name? And that's something I was going to ask you as well, because from talking to you now for an hour, you're a super thoughtful, humble dude. Foil Wizard is, you know, a little bit like, how, how did you land on Foil Wizard? <laughs> um, it was a, um, some of my friends, I had, I have a huge beard. I usually do. I don't really care to shave it. Um, one of my friends just was calling me the wizard early on when everyone was kind of still learning how to foil. And it kind of felt like I had a, I had a decent grip on it. And my inherent nature is I, I was a surf coach. I mean, as a, an instructor and a coach for six years. So it's sometimes difficult for me to uh, keep my mouth shut. If I see like a, a technique or a style thing that I, I, I kind of can help steer, you know, towards, maybe understanding your own foiling a little bit better. So my one friend, Jason, I always used to give him uh, pointers and he just started calling me the wizard. And uh, I, don't, I just, it was, I think, I think a buddy was like, Hey, you're the foil wizard. And I was like, I better take that Instagram name before somebody else does. Uh, <laughs> well, I think it's, um, <laughs> it has been earned. I would say not a lot of people could do that. Thanks. And then, and then back it up. I feel like you have. Uh, can you tell the difference between a board with inserts and no inserts when riding strapless? This is Bali Hawaii 8. Ooh, um, no. No, my, I'm, I'm on my original Firebolt that has the inserts in the board, not those stick-on ones. And uh, I cannot, there's no difference uh, between straps and no straps. At least, I mean, unstrapped feels totally fine. I don't use I don't use wax too. I mean, it's kind of unrelated to your question, but I like those wax mat, um, those sticker things. Yeah, we got a question about that actually. 
Um, yeah, I love it. Not, uh, I recommend them. Why not pads? Well, oh, um, initially it was because I didn't have a pad and I had those sticky things. Um, pad is, I guess I wear a wetsuit all the time, so pad's not that bad. But pad is heavier, I would think, a little bit. Um, why don't I use a front deck pad? I think I haven't experienced it, but I know that people that like are trying to learn how to use straps, I feel like a pad sometimes can make it more, a little bit more difficult if the pad is like really grippy and your foot can't like Mm. slide across the pad really easy. Like those wax mat things, they're only grippy when you push down on them. Like if you're like touching it lightly, it doesn't have much traction. So it's really easy to like slide your foot into the straps like there's no there's no like friction there's not like a, a textured surface that i have to like drag my foot over to get my foot into the strap yeah. so that's pretty nice um part of my mind wonders if that little bit of cushion like softens my connection to the board that's... and and yeah I, is, I... and how how much does that make a difference I think it does. I only ride um, like octopus pads now, or there's a creatures of leisure pad, and they're the thinnest pads that I've been able to find. Because I do think that if you have a thin thick and pad, hard, yeah. Like what I noticed in um, is what I started out on stand up, and what I noticed I had some thick pads on stand up is that there was a delay when I would lean over like toe side, and to when the board yeah. would start to move, and and that just drove me nuts. Yeah. So I went back to wax then. But I like pads, so then I found the thinnest pads I could possibly find, and now now I like it. The octopus pads, I think, are rad. I wish those guys would I'll hook me up because I've given them a lot of money. Come on, octopus. Hook it up. Sell Eric some pads. You can send some my way, too. We'll, we'll, yeah. I'll, I'll put them on my story. Nope. <laughs> Definitely yeah, don't. I, I like um I like those wax mats for the, the, the sensitivity. It's just like it's right there, and it, I feel like it keeps the board light and I, I I live in a studio. I I bring my stuff inside. Like an extra, a wet pad would be like, I don't know. Maybe it's no big deal. Maybe my next board I'll put a pad on. I I try not to think about it too much. I, I a lot of the time I I get up to a certain point of caring, and then I go, well, whatever's available and works is 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 good enough. Yep. Try not to like get too crazy about like whether or not I should be using a pad or wax mat. I just don't like wax anymore. If I could actually, I'm going to start writing pads on my shortboard though, because I'm kind of over wax. It gets on my clothes and in my truck and I have to buy it. And, and when I ride no wetsuit, it gets in my stomach fur and I'm just over it. That's funny. I, I did the same thing when I went back to shortboarding. I just put a pad on it. Loved it. Yep. Yep. It. Seems good for airs too. Yeah. Um, here's a good one. JBW Hawaii, I guess. JBW Hawaii. Um, asked, why did Armstrong block the foil wizard? Yeah. Oh, oh man. Um, a lot of blocking going on in the foil world. I'm finding out lately. Uh, I don't participate in that. Um, so don't what, answer it. Who cares? What happened? Oh, uh, it, it's, yeah, it's not a big deal. Um, right. It's about high aspect wings. Uh, Jackie Boy made a comment, and I I felt like backing him up, and we both got the both, we both got, got the ass. <laughs> yeah, 
Um, um, I'm I'm testing the 1250 HS right now, and thing looks not, pretty fun. It's pretty good. There, it, there's some, some things that are surprisingly good about it, and there's some things that I'm trying to figure out about it right now, and so I'm not going to comment yet until I get it dialed and tuned right because I think it's going to get better. Um, it's super fast and it rolls over quick, which is awesome for something that's that wide. Um, I want to get in, in more, I want to get in some good surf on it. I think it's going to be really good when I, when I figure it out. Um, and then for what it's worth, I, I, I like all the, I mean, every Armstrong stuff I've tried, I've enjoyed it. It's got a good feel to it. They're like pretty, uh, pretty easy to surf. Yeah. A construction and weight is insane on them. Um, yeah, I've had I've had really good sessions on on a few of the wings, and other than the fact I I just don't have one, I would I, I don't not too many complaints. I think that they're fun if you I think I think they're good surf wings like that ten fifties. Like if you wanna if you wanna be radical and you don't mind pumping hard to double it up, then like that's probably a good choice for a lot of people. Yeah, a lot of guys swear by them in the surf. Um, and I haven't ridden any of the, the surf wings. I've only ridden the, this one. Um, and you know what I'm blown away by with it is how easy it is to hit whitewater. Things just slides through the water yep. really easy. Yep. You know, it having, really is controlled in the foam. Yeah. Unreal. Um, yeah. Right. Foil F K K R Z. You can spell that one out yourself. Wants you to talk about the base plate shims. That's something I wanted to talk to you about too. Um, we'll, we'll end on that one. The you shim the base plate of your Tacoma. Like I, mm-hmm. I haven't felt the need to do that. What do you, what feeling are you shimming out? And I've heard other people do it too. Can you can you walk through that? Oh, uh, I I mean I would I would have to assume that the, it has a lot to do with our weight difference on some level. Um, when I ride the Tacoma with no shim, I have to set it near the back of my boxes and I have to stand near the, you know, weight kind of okay. in front of it by a bit. And it rides fine like that, but it has this sensation like it's always picking me up yep. and it doesn't, it's not like going down. And if I, if I like turn and I kind of end up near the top of the wave, and I need to drop back in. It doesn't want to do it the way I like it to. It's just got so much, so much wheelie lift on it that it kind of prevents like dropping back down. It also pumps not as good because it's always going up and it doesn't really have that like diving glide to it. So once I put the base plate shims on the, I used a shim on the 1300 mm-hmm. that opened that wings pumping up so much it made it glide better like you could just you could pump 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 and then set it up high and just it would just go and go and go and go and then you could pump 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 and set it up high and just glide when i without the base plate shim it didn't ever really want to do that interesting kind of always like kind of always was going up but i mean i'm 160 pounds so and i'm on a four two that that probably has a little bit to do with it um also when you put the shim on you, your back foot all of a sudden can go on or behind the mast. Mm-hmm. And I feel like having the mast in between your legs is much more controlled for radical surfing. Yeah. Th- that's how I felt on the 1300, my first few sessions before I built the tail for it. That, that tail just seemed to have so much lift on it. 
and it, it felt does. slow uh, to me. Um, it is. I ride the the cane tail now. I built one, which is pretty good. How's that thing go? Dude, so good. I, I use the 13.5 cane tail. And actually, he's got another one coming for me that's, um, I guess it's a, it's a smaller profile 13.5, which I think is going to be even faster for it, which I'm stoked on. But that that just changed everything about it went it went from being like uh this is a pretty good wing to like just blowing my mind when when I made that tail change. Um but I do get to keep my back foot over top or a little bit behind when I'm doing turns, probably a weight difference thing. Yeah, that and the tail would make a big difference too. Like yeah. a less lifty tail would allow for a little further back um foot positioning. I really got to learn. I got to do some um, shop machining and figure out how to retap a couple extra holes in front of the, the current mount on my carbon Takuma mask because I feel like yep. that's just a little shorter fuselage and like the doors are going to get open to really spank in the foam. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, Pedagon and I were just talking about that the other day too. He just did it to a GoFoil and it changed everything for him on that and i think that that takuma has the longest fuse of anything i ride by inches it does it's so long so long and oh. it still turns so good i can't imagine what's going to happen when i finally figure out how to make it shorter it's probably gonna i, I might have to go and say that it is the best soil <laughs> <laughs> right on man well what do you want to leave us with wrap this up i'll say it again everyone go ride your sharp boards it's easy enough. Yep. Everyone everyone go ride your sharp boards and go hit the lip a couple of times and do a couple of hard cutbacks. And then when you hop back on your foil, you're gonna remember that you used to like to hit the lip and do hard cutbacks and that pumping is not everything. You know what's funny is when I went back and, and rode shortboards, I came back with like a different eye for sections and started hitting totally. more sections for sure. Totally. Yep. Go back. I mean, like you everyone had to learn how to foil and it kind of came at the price of forgetting how to hit the lip. And then everyone's like trying to learn how to hit the lip on the foil while having forgotten how. So like, if you really want to like up the level of your foiling, go and go and have a short board, take apart your foil, take it apart and go ride a short board, a thin one. Don't like fishes are hard. Long boards are hard to transition to, um, ride a thin short board and pick, pick some good steep waves and step on the tail. And and try not to like glide and and don't surf like you do on a foil. Don't try to glide and be all smooth. Like hammer your way around on the tail and do big hacks. And it's the quickest way to like remembering where we all came from. Epic, Scotty. It was uh, took a little while for us to put this together, but it was worth the wait, man. I learned a lot, and I appreciate you coming on. I appreciate you thinking of me and. Uh, Having me on, I appreciate it. Thank you.